Welcome to the Who They Talk podcast. Brayden and Jay here. Today we are going to recap week five against the Dolphins and talk about some linebackers in the upcoming draft. Speaking of it, let's get to it. So the Bengals offense has looked really good in the past couple of weeks, but the, against the Dolphins, it seems like it took a step back. What do you think went wrong? Um, they just really didn't look good at all. They had a lot of chemistry issues. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with missing Ross and Eifert. Um, Ross kind of opens up the defense. Uh, but, I mean, we saw Boyd get – he kind of got shut down a little bit in the past two weeks – from the past two weeks. And, uh, like, this week he kind of slowed down. He had four catches for 44 yards. Uh, at the beginning of the game he had that one nice, like, I think it was maybe 19 yards, something like that, maybe a little longer. But um, after that, Minka, Fitz, Minka Fitzpatrick kind of just shut him down. And, um, I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick's obviously a good player. He was a top-ten pick, but maybe he was top-12. I don't know. But he was – Minka Fitzpatrick effectively shut him down. So that kind of hurt us a little bit. Um, we saw Mixon struggle early on, and it wasn't really his fault. It was more just a, more of a product of the offense as a whole. Uh, but he did turn around later in the game, fourth quarter. He had a bunch of big runs. Um he pepped it up a little bit. He's one of our clutch players. And, I mean, it, it's just chemistry. I mean, you're going to have games like that. Everything isn't going to click all the time. But, I mean, I think we're fine. I think we're going to go into Pittsburgh. Or, well, we're not even going to Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh's going to come to Cincinnati. We're going to come in and beat them. Yeah, I agree. And I think what this game really was for Andy Dolan's kind of a reality check of who he was. Now, when you talk to Bengals fans about Andy Dalton, some will love him, some will hate him. But I think the reality of him is he is as good as the others around him. And I think the Dolphins, did, against the Dolphins, that really showed. Like, first half, everybody was kind of struggling. He was struggling with them, and he wasn't carrying the Bengals. And in the second half, when more so in the fourth quarter, when the offense started playing a little better, the line played a little better, Andy started to play a little better. And so I think – that's just a reality check of Andy Dalton. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, and you hit it, you hit the nail on the head right there with the offensive line play, and uh, I'm just going to focus on that for a minute. Uh, Alex Redmond played horrible. He had his worst game of the year. Uh, a lot of people are calling for his head right now. I'm one of them. Uh, I think they need to get a new guy in there, especially if Price is coming back next week or the week after. Uh, I think they should slide Price back in at center and then probably move Hopkins back to right guard. Um, and then hopefully – give Fisher a chance at right tackle because, I mean, realistically, well, he is – his contract's over after this year, so he might as well try and get something out of him just to see if we if he's worth, worth resigning uh, because you can't really get much worse than Bobby Hart. And I know he, Bobby Hart didn't have the worst game uh, Sunday, but it wasn't, it wasn't the best. Yeah. Certainly not a starting level right tackle. So I think we should just give the young guys a chance. Yeah, and – yeah, I like what you said about Trey Hopkins. I think at this point, like we've talked about him maybe playing right tackle at this point in the season. I think that's out of the picture. Yeah. I'd like to see him at right guard. I mean, he, there's been times where he was playing like our second best offensive lineman. Not consistently, but I think he's played enough. I think he'd be a much better right guard than Redmond right now. So, yeah. I would like to see Hopkins be starting right guard when Price comes back, but who knows if that'll actually happen. Yeah, I think something that, I mean, we're not talking enough about is Cordy Glenn. I mean, Cordy Glenn has not been playing the best. I mean, he's been okay in pass protection, but he, he's had a lot of struggles recently. And he's never really been that great against the run. Or not against the run, but 
run when run, when run blocking. Uh, and that's he is, he needs to step up his game a little bit. I mean, we're paying him a lot of money. Uh, we did get lucky that if he does end up stinking the rest of the year, we can cut him easily. I don't think there's any dead cap. I don't think we should ever do that, but I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, as you stated before, offensive tackles going to be one of the biggest needs coming in the next offseason. So, I mean, we'll look at it. Um, offensive line is definitely a worry. Yeah, I but, thought Cordy Glenn stepped it up in the second half. He struggled there in the first spot, but I thought he played much better in the second half. Yeah, I was focused. <laughs> the second half kind of got my anxiety, like, up to a new level. So, I wasn't really <laughs> focusing on offensive line play. My All my eyes were on Andy and uh, the playmakers. I tried to pay attention a little bit. But, I mean, that our defense kind of saved us. And, no, I'm not going to give Terrell Austin credit for that because I don't believe he had anything to do with those. And he's kind of kind of got lucky. And I'm it kind of worries me just because – He's going to go into this week thinking, oh, I did so good. But he really didn't, dude. I mean, he, they were kind of running through us all game. And, I mean, if you were – if they would have ran the ball more, they would have beaten us, like, by a lot. It wouldn't have been close. I mean, I only think – they might have only ran the ball, like, 10 or 15 times all game. I think that was a mistake because, I mean, they're getting, like, eight, nine, ten-yard chunks at a time. And I think their average yards per carry was at least above seven. So, Yeah, this was – and I really didn't see Austin make great play calls. I mean, we all know the Bengals have a top five defensive line, and that showed against a really bad Dolphins offensive line that were, that's been injured. And I kind of called for Austin's head right at halftime. I might have overreacted a little, but reality is Austin has made this defense worse. His play calls have not been good. They have not been to the player's strength, and – it's just he's kind of dragged down the defense a little more than he should be. I agree on your take on the defense, but on the offensive line part, the Dolphins have one of the better offensive lines in the league. I mean, they have Juwan James at right tackle. They have Laramie Tunzel. They they have a solid offensive line. I mean, they had off- an injured left guard in center or right. They have an injured guard in center, so I yeah. think the Bengals took advantage of that, especially with Geno destroying them. I I think Gino would have had those anyway, but I mean I I think the Dolphins still had. I mean they obviously had a better offensive line than us. I think uh, even with those injuries, I mean Tunzel and uh, Jawan James, they're no they're no slackers. I mean I think we're I think by saying they have had a bad offensive line would be selling selling ourselves short. But um, I mean yeah, I mean other than that, we kind of covered everything on the offensive side of the ball, and we kind of covered the scheme schematic. Uh, portions of the defensive side. Um, what do you think about the linebackers? Actually, before we talk about the linebackers, I want to talk about the special teams. Okay. The special, uh, maybe it's just me, but I felt like the special teams this year have not been very good. It's kind of showed the past couple of weeks. Last week, there was multiple times where we let the Falcons take the kickoff again to the 40. I think <clears> I could be remembering wrong, but they might have gotten past the 50 at one point. And they also had a block punt where literally somebody came up right in the middle. Nobody touched him. Then last week we have a Dolphins have a punt return touchdown. The, then the Bengals have a get a field goal block where literally four of the Dolphins could have blocked it. And special teams has not been good this year. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of they need to get some newer people in there. I mean, they, they tend to rely on some of the older guys in special teams like Benny Ray, I think, uh, what's his name? It's not coming to me right now. I don't know why it's not coming to me. There's another, like, more of a veteran player that's kind of one of the 
one of the main components on that special teams, and I think, I just think they're getting a little step too slow. Benny Ray has not been playing good on special teams this year. It's pretty much just been Clayton Fedgedone, and other than that, I mean, I didn't really, I haven't really seen any. Oh well, I guess Hubbard too. Hubbard's been playing well. Yeah. And Tony McRae, but Tony, I don't know if we talked about this last week. But Tony McRae, uh, it was after we, it was after we posted our podcast last week. Last week, I saw a video. And Tony McRae's jump on the oh, it was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. It was on the it was the jump on the uh, called back uh, field goal block, and um, it was so perfect. The officials thought it was offside. It was cannot get more perfect than that. And I was kind of proud, but I mean, it's in reality, true. In reality, I mean, <clears throat> I think you they have to account for that. I think you should have waited a split second. But I mean, I'm not gonna nitpick, but. That was pretty amazing. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, so yeah. I think they're, I think they're doing good in the turnover department, like on a defensive side, uh, on the defensive side of the ball and the special team side of the ball. Because I mean, they're getting the blocks, they're getting the, they're doing good. But like they just the simple things they need to get better at. Yeah. So hopefully Sims can change something up. He's been a coach for like 20 years. He should know what he's doing, and hopefully he knows that something needs to be changed along the special teams. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think he's ever going to – he's not leaving this team. But, uh, I mean, I think we'll be fine. We've had some bad special teams years, and I don't think this is nearly as bad. Uh, We've had had to deal with Mike Nugent, so I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, So, on that, do you want to move over to the uh, draft prospects side of things? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, we covered multiple linebackers that we we scouted – Mac Wilson, uh, Devin White, Devin Bush, and Patty Fisher. Uh, we'll start with the Alabama man, Mac Wilson. And he's somebody that I really, really like. He's my, I don't want to say clear cut, but pretty strongly lead number one linebacker as of now. He really good reaction, great instincts. He he does a really good job of following the quarterback's eyes and I and. He takes really good angles, and he's really good about getting off blocks. See, I mean, I like him, and going into – I've seen a little little bit of all these linebackers here and there, but going into it, he was my linebacker one, and by a good margin. And coming out of it, he turned out to be my second-tier linebackers, which is somewhere between linebacker two and four. And he looked – I only was able to find two games of him. Uh, I watched the Georgia game, and – that was in the national championship game. There was another game in 2017 that I watched of him, and I've also watched him here and there in 2018. But <clears throat> I mean, well, I my first mistake was I started off watching Patty Fisher, and Patty Fisher kind of blew my socks off. I'll get more into that later. But uh, I mean, Mac Wilson he he doesn't he doesn't play very strong. Uh, he plays strong like he's just he plays okay strength wise against college players. So when he goes to the NFL, he's not going to be able to maintain that okay level. He's going to be playing a little weak. Um, his awareness is okay. I like it, but I, I've just seen I've seen better. Um, he's not always in on. He doesn't look like a leader. He's not always in on every play, and that's kind of hard to. I don't really pin that on him just because he's been playing with Alabama. I mean, they have the they have the most talented defense in the country. So I'm not going to put that on him. I just thought that was something of note. Uh, he he was good in coverage, and he's kind of that all-around linebacker that uh, teams desire. 
Um, but he's kind of a one of those guys that's good at a lot of things but not great at one thing. And that's something that, I mean, most of these linebackers that we see today that we consider the greats, I mean, they're normally great at at least one thing. So that kind of lowers his ceiling a little bit in my eyes. But, I mean, he's a great player, don't get me wrong. Uh, but, I mean, other than what I just mentioned, the two things that really uh, <clears throat> that, that really kind of got to me on him was the tackling. I mean, he he does arm tackle a lot, and he doesn't really – I mean, he doesn't really set himself apart. And, <clears throat> I mean, maybe he's one of those boring players that ends up being great in the NFL, and I think he will be a great NFL player. But right now he's my linebacker too. You hit the nail with the all-around coverage. That's kind of why I like him. Just in case, you can, if you guys don't know, the Bengals linebacker coverage remains to be one of the biggest weaknesses on this team. I, I feel if the Bengals do draft him, they could maybe sign Preston one more year, kind of let Preston take over in the four-three, but put uh, sorry Mack in the kind of nickel situations and let him take coverage. I I doubt he'll even be there when the Bengals trap, though, if the Bengals keep playing the way they do. Yeah, and our next guy we're going to look at or we're going to talk about is Patty Fisher out of Northwestern. And he's a redshirt sophomore this year. Um, he's easily the best run-stopping linebacker in the draft. And I encourage anyone listening right now to go watch him. I mean, he is – he would single-handedly transform our run defense from one of the worst in the league to one of the best in the league. And he against top competition like Wisconsin, Michigan State, he single-handedly was – he's that whole defense's run defense. I mean, he he's everywhere. His range is incredible. His He never misses a tackle. He's always in on the play. I was watching the Michigan State game from 2017, and – the first time that he wasn't in on a play that wasn't a deep pass was in overtime. He had to have at least 25 tackles in that game. He's, he's a great, I mean, I'm in awe from him. I mean, he has great awareness. He's great at diagnosing run plays. I mean, I don't, I didn't really see any negatives in there on a run standpoint. I mean, he never got beat by ball carriers, extremely hard worker, great motor. He never takes a playoff. He's a true captain of the defense. I mean, he's, He's great. I mean, the only issue I really have with him is his team didn't use him in coverage, and I can't even knock that against him because he has he wasn't given the opportunity. Like he's he's a great run stopper, and I I mean, he, I, as I said, he's that team's whole run defense. So if they give him assignments that he's not going to be able to stop the run, they're going to have a hole in their defense. So when he gets to the next level, or maybe later in the year, that when they give him more opportunities in coverage, I think that's going to help him round himself out. But, I mean, he's an elite run stopper, better than I've ever seen before. And I love him. Linebacker one, top 15 player. Yeah. And you basically hit everything. And, the, and kind of the one thing I didn't like, which I can't really use against him, I really hope I see. And if I do see, he'll become my linebacker one. Is his, I haven't seen him in pass coverage. And Miggles run defense to desperately use him. But I also want someone who can cover him. I love him. I just want to – see Northwestern using pass coverage sets, and hopefully I, as the season goes on for Northwestern, they will start to use him more in that area. And if he does prove he's a good coverage linebacker, then he'll jump up to my number one linebacker. Yeah, and something about him, like I'm, I'm very curious to see how he tests because, 
if he tests well, I could see him going top 10. I mean, he's when you're watching him play, his playing speed is extremely fast. I think the one thing teams are going to look at are, is his three-cone drill and his hips when he's doing the uh, – I forget what the, the drill is called, but the, hip, or the drills that DBs generally do just to see the hip flexibility. And I think those are the two drills that NFL teams are going to want to look at in the combine. But, I mean, I really don't have an issue with him at all. He's a great player. Uh, I He's – of all the four linebackers we're going to cover today, I think he's the best fit for the Bengals. Yeah, I can agree there. And if, and I think if he does prove to be Cody's linebacker, as I previously said, he's almost a perfect fit of what the Bengals need. And also if the Bengals do that, then there's kind of – I don't mean to throw Preston Brown under the bus, but there's really that we don't need him. We can save a little money. And Preston is – we're not going to get anything special with Preston. And so I think Patty Fisher would be a great chance to upgrade that defense, especially yeah, with the birth. I mean, I think Patty Fisher will immediately come into the NFL and be a top 10 run-stuffing linebacker. And he has the athleticism, I believe, to be able to develop in coverage if he's not. We don't even know what he's like in coverage right now. He could be great, but on the off chance he isn't, he has the athleticism and the motor and the grit and the work ethic to get good at it. And that's his work ethic is what amazes me. He's diving at every play. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm probably rambling right now, but one of my favorite, one of my favorite guys I've ever watched. So this linebackers are probably something we'll probably recover these linebackers after this season because you yeah, know definitely. what can what can change for all we know. Mac Wilson could just suddenly become the best hitter in the, which I doubt, just spinning off. But a lot yeah. can still change. Still a lot of college football left, but those are easily the top two. Yeah, and uh, next up we got Devin White. Um, he's out of LSU, obviously, and he's more of the uh, raw guy of this draft. I mean, last year we had the raw guy was Tremaine Edmonds, and to a lesser extent, who we drafted Malik Jefferson. But Devin White's an interesting – he's an interesting character. I mean, he – I'll let you start it because I started the last two ones, actually. So, go ahead. Right. Sorry. He's Yeah, I was going to kind of bring up the Edmonds, Jefferson. He's just really raw. I feel like sometimes he guesses on plays. Not I wouldn't say he doesn't have instincts, but he second-guesses himself. He'll, like, take a step, hesitates – then go after the ball. Uh, something that maybe it's just me, but I don't. I feel like he sometimes gives up on plays. Uh, there's times where he'll either be really good at getting off blocks, or he'll just run straight into a 300-pound lineman and expect to outpower him, and doesn't work. Uh, sometimes he tackles <laughs> too high, and he will try and outstrength you. That doesn't work. And sometimes you have really good tackling for him. He's pretty inconsistent to me. Teams. I'm going to really like him because he has a lot of upside. Said the Tremaine Edmonds kind of guy would that's going to appeal to teams, but I don't necessarily think he's a good fit in the Bengals' defense. Yeah, I mean, the main thing with him is getting off blocks. I mean, he's terrible at getting off blocks. And I noticed something in, I believe it was the Miami 2018 game, so just a few weeks ago. Uh, he – how do I explain this? He would – you can see that he's trying to process what's happening in the play, and he sees a he sees a blocker coming, and he's still trying to process it, and he kind of freezes. And then by the time the blocker gets to him, 
he doesn't like that's when he finds out what he has to do and by that time it's too late so i think it's all a mental processing thing uh his instincts kind of really suck i mean similar to malik jefferson um i mean those are the two main issues with him uh he's a little he plays small he gets dragged a little bit uh i mean his issues are big but he doesn't have a lot of them uh he has he takes good angles i mean He's athletic, like I just mentioned. Uh, he's not really a captain of the defense type player that you kind of want in a middle linebacker. So because of that, he might be a Will at the next level or a Sam. Uh, I, he's very versatile, so I think he can play anything. But I can't see him really being a middle linebacker unless it's more of in a Tampa 2 type scheme. Uh, he's pretty good in off-man coverage and zone coverage. Didn't really get a chance to see him in, like, press or straight-up man. And... Uh, I mean, this is something that I really saw with Patty Fisher, but he's really good at sneaking through holes in protection to try and get the like the uh, ball carrier. And I mean, uh, that's but if if a blocker does get a hold of him, he's probably going to be out of the play. I mean, that's that's his that's his issue. Yeah, somebody who I wouldn't completely hate the pick if the Bengals made it. He's somebody who I think just because of the upside he brings, teams will teams will love those high upside players. A team will jump on him, so so that'll be interesting to see. But yeah, he's just not a great fit in the Bengals defense. We don't. He's almost like a mini Jefferson with how bad his instincts are, and then that's almost kind of thrown away the Jefferson pick. And I highly doubt we pick him. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I mean, we already have the high upside guy now. I think we need a guy like. Patty Fisher, Devin Bush, or Mac Wilson that can come in and make an immediate impact. Because Devin White, I mean, realistically, if he declares, he's a few years away from being a true producer. Then he's my fourth linebacker right now. And Devin so, White is? Yeah, I have Devin Bush ahead of him. So t- tell us about Devin Bush. So Devin Bush, uh, he plays, he's out of Michigan. And He's a little bit similar to, to Devin White, but he's a little – he has a higher floor. He's less raw, less of that. He has better instincts than uh, Devin White. Also less upside. I mean, he's a – I don't want to say he reminds me of Rashawn Evans, but, I mean, that's what I, that's what I kind of see when I see him. Uh, I think Rashawn Evans was a little bit better coming out, but in low, Rashawn Evans was also a little bit of a, of a uh, lesser athlete, but – I mean, Devin Bush, he's a strong player. He gets pretty good leverage. He's good at getting off blocks. Um, he's kind of lazy, though. I mean, when I see him play, I'm talking about the Notre Dame 2018 game. In 2017, this wasn't really the case. But in 2018, he looks a little slower uh, off the step. Um, he, he's just a step slow behind everyone else. He looks like he doesn't really care as much. Uh, but he is a very hard hitter. Uh, he's probably... Him and Patty Fisher are up there for the hardest hitters in the class. Um, he has great range. He's a little slower than the other linebackers. Uh, Patty Fisher, Devin White, and Mac Wilson all pro- probably have a little more play speed than him. Um, but his range is still pretty good. Uh, his awareness, I think, is his main issue. He doesn't really always know where the ball is. I mean, he can get he's easily faked out by QB options and uh, like read options and play actions. And that that's his main issue. Uh, he can sometimes get lost in the crowd and when a ball carrier's behind a big group of blockers, he doesn't really know where to go. And I think that's where his similarities to Devin White come in, where he's a he's not very a good mental player. 
and his processing needs does need a lot of work. Um, and because of that processing, he tends to play more conservative. So he doesn't, he's trying to account for his mistakes and that's okay, but he sometimes plays a little bit too conservative and that leads to more mistakes. Yeah. And glad you brought up easily faked out because something that quarterbacks I saw, especially against like Notre Dame is quarterback would just quickly glance him off and he'll throw a slant or seam up the middle and his coverage skills, I thought, just based off generally watching Michigan games, I thought were going to be better, but he's not a great coverage linebacker. I didn't really see them use him much in coverage. I mean, I probably saw, like, maybe four pass coverage snaps in, like, three games. And, I mean, <clears throat> most of them weren't underneath coverage where he was kind of supposed to let the guy catch the ball and then stop him. So I don't even know if I'd really count that. Um so, like, at, at this point, none of the top four linebackers really have shown much in coverage. Uh, we don't have a Roquan Smith or a Tremaine, or Tremaine Edmonds in this class, that, or even Rashawn Evans, who are great in zone or man. <clears throat> it's kind of just, eh. And we're, we're going back to a more traditional style of linebacker. Yeah, and I think Wilson is the best coverage linebacker, but he also doesn't bring that one support game presence that a guy like Patty Fisher brings, and that can be a bit of a turnoff. Yeah, I think uh, Devin White might be a little bit better than Mac Wilson in terms of like straight up man to man coverage, but Mac Wilson is a smarter player, and because of that, I think he's he's better overall in coverage. Uh, Mac Wilson is he's more he can do zone and man, where, whereas Devin White, I don't think Devin White's smart enough to do much zone, um, especially in the NFL where there's going to be a lot of crossing routes going through his coverage uh, shell and. I mean, that's the main thing uh, with Devin White. Like I said, mental processing. Uh, I mean, that seems to be the theme among a lot of these linebackers. Yeah, and still decently early in the season. We're going to, as we said earlier, we're going to have an updated podcast about these guys later in the season. But that's all who we're going to cover for now. Are we going to do linebackers again next week? Yeah, I think we should cover uh, TJ Edwards, uh, Shaq Quarterman, guys like that. Um, any other guys you want you wanted to look at? Uh, not on the top of my head. Uh, what about Josh Allen out of Kentucky? Are you, do you want to you want to count him as an edge, or do you want to count him as like an off ball linebacker? Uh, no, we can count him as a linebacker. All right, we can kind of yeah, we'll count him as a linebacker. And then who else could we um, discuss? We got Quarterman. We got Josh Allen. We got what about Kendall Joseph? Yeah, let's go for Kendall Joseph. Kendall Joseph. Okay, we can do him too. All right, cool. So those are the next four linebackers we're going to cover. Uh, after that week, we'll, we don't really know what we're going to cover next. kind of just depends on what we see out of the Bengals and what we see out of the prospects. But we'll, we'll let you guys know next week um, what position we're going to cover in two weeks. But, yeah, for now, uh, hope you guys like the podcast. Hope you guys like what we discussed about the prospects. And uh, Hootay, we'll talk to you guys next yeah. week. Hootay.